The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for the Steelman and Thune at Noon. With Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Text the show on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Yes, sir. Welcome in. I hope you had a good weekend. Welcome to Monday. It is still freezing out there. This weather is totally ridiculous. Please get it out of here. Please, old man winter, leave. Leave now. Way too cold out there. Way too cold. Ladies and gentlemen, Parker Thune is still on vacation, so the one and only Drake Dykin is with me again today. Drake, what's happening? How you doing? Oh, good? just trying to get through this weather just like everybody else. Oh, it's, my gosh. Ridiculous. Uh, it's... It's better than it was a couple of years ago. You remember that uh, awful snow that we had two years ago oh, to yeah. where it had mm-hmm. these type of temperatures. So it's better than that. You can actually move around and stuff. It's just you don't have a ton of motivation to leave the house. No, no. We. Uh, I think I left the house to go to the convenience store a couple of times, and that was it. It was all sporting events and uh, Netflix and chili and stew. Over the weekend, so yes, it was a shut-in weekend. Most of my uh, most of my weekends are shut-in weekends anyway, but this was a super extreme shut-in weekend. Uh, the recluse was in full effect over the weekend, oh. just because of the winter. But see, the difference was you just had a reason to be a recluse. I That's suppose. So just, right. I don't want to leave the house. I uh, shut-in weekends are fine with me, right? You know, the less yeah, people you deal with, it's the like better. It's like the uh, old school, uh, like whenever you were a kid, having the lock-in. Like, <laughs> yeah, Steely's locking himself in right. uh, for the entire weekend. All right, we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Jesse Crittenden will join us at 1.35. Uh, the Sooners lose at Allen Fieldhouse over the weekend. Uh, how about the Dallas Cowboys? Skip Bayless had to throw like three jerseys away yesterday, a hat, a bunch of other stuff, and one of those ridiculous videos again. Uh, you also had the Texans just absolutely clobbering Cleveland. Joe Flacco back-to-back pick sixes. Kansas City won in that crazy uh, environment at Arrowhead where Andy Reid's mustache uh, froze. Froze. He had basically icicles on his mustache. Uh, we had, of course, the Lions beating the Rams 24 to 23. And we have the Steelers at Buffalo today, 3.30 on CBS. And tonight, Baker versus Jalen, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, 7.15, ABC ESPN tonight. The Thunder beat Orlando over the weekend. They play the Lakers late tonight, 9.30 on NBA TV. Oklahoma City, seven of their next uh, eight games are on the road, so this will be a big-time stretch for Oklahoma City. Currently a half game behind Minnesota for number two in the West. Zach Alley was finally made official. Zach Alley, co-defensive coordinator at the University of Oklahoma. So we can talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a lot of Sooner football today. Zalancer, I haven't seen anything official on a, um, what's happening there with Tennessee yet, but we'll see. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the portal. We had the uh, Kalen DeBoer officially announced at Alabama. Jed Fish leaves Arizona for Washington. How about Lance Leipold staying put at Kansas? 
And surely at some point today, we will learn the fate of Mike McCarthy. He's got to go. He has 100% got to go. Will it be Bill Belichick? Could it be Pete Carroll? Could it be Jim Harbaugh? Could it be Muleshoe? We'll see what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do. But uh, as long as Jerry's the GM, a lot of people think it doesn't matter. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, how about, again, Casey Thompson coming back to the University of Oklahoma. And uh, he'll be be a seventh-year senior, sophomore to Newcastle in high school, Texas to Nebraska to FAU to Oklahoma. Casey Thompson was on OU Insider with Brandon Drum. They had an interview with Casey. And here's what Casey said about finally getting to the University of Oklahoma. It's been a long journey for sure, you know, trying to get back to Norman. But um, I've always had a mutual um, respect and love. Obviously, this is home. But my pops, you know, played at OU. Um, my brother went there as well. Um, but kind of like we said, we just – I want it to be a good fit, of course, uh, from, you know, on and off the field. And um, I think that the staff they have here right now with Coach Ben Venables and uh, just Latrell and those guys, uh, just what they have building it, you can tell it's really special and – uh, I like the way Coach BB does things, and uh, he's a man of spirit, a man of faith, and uh, he's led by the right things. And so I think it's uh, just a mutual fit uh, and just a very uh, positive relationship that we've always had as a family. And it's just good to finally be back here. So that's kind of how everything transpired and uh, went down. But, you know, with the uh, with college football these days and all the coaching, coaches coming and going, um, finally, I realize this now, like looking back, you know, it's just – you just got to go somewhere where you feel like you want to be there. You know, you just got to mm-hmm. go somewhere where you, you like the community, you like the team, you like the, uh, the, the you know, the, what the, what they can offer you and, you know, the logo that you can wear on your chest and kind of just represent the name on the front and represent the name on the back. But, um, no, it's definitely, um, a special feeling just being back here in Norman, Oklahoma and, uh, being right down the street, you know, right down the street and kind of, uh, being at a place where my family all went to school and where my dad played ball at. So it's a very special uh, moment for me, for sure. There you go, Casey Thompson again, uh, seventh-year senior. Uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit on Friday when the news came down. I think it's a good move for OU, and it doesn't say anything about Michael Hawkins except that he is, you know, he's a true freshman coming in this year. I think he's got incredible ability. And, you know, let's say what the first – you know, big home game for Oklahoma in the SEC, their SEC opener against Tennessee. What happens if Jackson Arnold goes down? And maybe Jackson Arnold plays really well against Temple, Houston, and Tulane, but maybe he gets injured. You've got a guy who's been there, done that, played in big games, played in uh, really good programs. Nebraska is not what it used to be. But, you know, you're, you're the Nebraska quarterback. You're under some pressure. Played very well against Oklahoma with five touchdown passes and the uh, loss in the Cotton Bowl. But uh, I just like the experience factor there, and I like the fact that he wants to be at Oklahoma. So I think it's still a good move. There's been some backlash on this, not not a ton. Look, people are going to complain about everything. There's always going to be somebody out there. But, uh, Drake, you still like this move for OU? I do, and one of the other things I thought about of why it is I like it is, you know, Jack Searle had the benefit of sitting on the bench this last season watching Dylan Gabriel and seeing how it is that he does things, how he goes through a week of preparation, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yep. Now he has the benefit of being the guy and having somebody that has been through all these rigors and things like that, of being a starter at the collegiate level, at the Power 5 level, I guess, Power 4 level is what we should call it now. But 
has somebody to be able to bounce off of that's outside of your offensive coordinator, that's within your room, that has that experience, not necessarily somebody that's above you in the depth chart because Casey Thompson will not be that yeah, unless yeah. there's some sort of injury that happens to Jackson Arnold, but being able to have that direct feedback from somebody that's been there, been through it, being able to bounce ideas off of, and also being able to be another example for the younger guys like we've talked about as well. Yeah, I like that take as well because, again, uh, Casey Thompson's a level-headed kid. You can tell he wants to be at the University of Oklahoma. He thinks this is a great way to finish his college uh, career. Uh, Spoken highly, as you heard in that soundbite, about Brent, the way he approaches things. And I just think, again, it's a nice insurance policy for Oklahoma. Here's what Casey said about the Sooner offense, and he said he likes what he sees. The run game is, uh, is diverse enough to where you can run different things. Um, but um, what I like about it is there's a lot of uh, tempo built in. Um, and as far as like the actual system and the mechanics of getting lined up and how guys, um, you know, kind of know how to uh, align on the field, it goes pretty quickly. And uh, I, I just, what I like about this system here is just the RPO um, run game and the play action off of it. Coach Latrell, he knows every system that I've been in. Um, mm. And uh, he, he is a coach who he's, you know, he's been in the pro-style systems. He's been in the NFL-type um, systems. He's had, you know, uh, the air raid-type passing game. He's also had this, uh, you know, this kind of Leach and Levy and Art Bryles. And so um, it's a, it's simpler than what, like, a NFL West Coast system, like a Shanahan or Sarkeesian uh, or Matt LaFleur would be. So it's a little bit simpler in that aspect where it's not as much of verbiage um, and there's not as uh, – as much complex uh, names, but from so far, what it looks like is you can still you can still have all every concept that you need from quick game RPO play action drop back pass, um, and so I really like that. There you go, Casey Thompson again in an interview with Brandon Drum, OU Insider, uh, over the weekend talking about being excited to come play at the University of Oklahoma. All right. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Again, 405-651-3439. Hit us up. And uh, once again, we would love to hear from you. Members of the Ref Army always do a great job on the text line. And again, that number, 405-651-3439. All right. We want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Man, if you've got a furnace issue right now, you need that taken care of because you're in some big trouble. 405-579-3113. They can address all your heating and air needs at Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Home comfort you can trust from Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right, Parker's still out today. I think he's coming back tomorrow, right, as far as we know, in the White Buffalo. Drake Dykin is with me here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. How has the Sooners' schedule changed? We will get into that when we get back here on The Ref. Bleed Crimson? Love great Sooner talk? Join the Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide. Back with you on a Monday. Mike Steely along with Drake Dykin. Parker will be back with us. Hope everybody had a uh, nice weekend. Dallas Cowboy fans certainly didn't. That was, that was a disaster yesterday. 
coaching change should be imminent, and maybe we'll hear something on Mike McCarthy today. But I uh, want to remind you, by the way, we had the uh, audio from Casey Thompson, our Ortho Central clips of the day, Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now they're in the Tri-City area as well, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. They're full-service clinics. Do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. 405 651 3439 Chevrolet text line. We'll head there in just a second. So the Sooners schedule, how has it changed with all the portal stuff? Well, and coaches leaving. Certainly that Alabama game looks a lot more winnable in November without Nick Saban. And do I think Kalen DeBoer could do a good job at Washington? Yes, but he's not Nick Saban. You know, they could have brought in Urban Meyer. He's not Nick Saban. You know, whoever. It's not Nick Saban. So that's good, I believe, for Oklahoma. And uh, Texas has had a lot. Quinn Ewers is coming back. But, you know, they get the kid uh, coming in from Alabama now through the portal, a wide receiver. But they lose Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, A.D. Mitchell, Jatavion Sanders. Texas has had some losses as well. And they'll still be good. But, Drake, you look at the schedule next year for OU. If you win your home games, that's seven right there. Now, you should run the table, obviously, in the non-conference. Temple, Houston, Tulane. You've got four straight home games to start the season. Your SEC opener against Tennessee. Um, And then you have, you know, home games with South Carolina in October. You've got the Black Bears of Maine coming in in November. Alabama later in November. Your road games, you go to Auburn. Uh, Texas neutral side, obviously. You go to Oxford to play Ole Miss. You go to Missouri to play that freaking ridiculous fan base. And then you go to Baton Rouge to face those Cretans in Baton Rouge. So feeling better about the Sooners schedule now that, uh, you know, Nick Saban's not at Alabama. I feel like, you know, that's a game that, again, if you can win your home games, and that's not, not as easy of a task in the SEC, but – you know, I think the Sooners again. They they may have a chance to get that done. You know. Yeah, I I, I Tennessee, feel Tennessee and Bama are the uh, tests. Obviously, those are the two big tests. I know that it's popularly called mid zoo, but Missouri still brings back a lot. Brought in a lot in the transfer portal. Has a good signing class. A lot of guys coming back. Yep. They they will be a problem going to Columbia next year as well. I mean. Anytime that you have to venture into the SEC and you do it without Nick Saban, your life has gotten so much easier, regardless of how it is that the job that Kalen DeBoer will do moving forward at Bama. Like you said, and I kind of mentioned this on Friday, whoever you get, it's not going to be Nick Saban. Unless you are able to go land Kirby Smart, there's not a guy that's going to be able to make it go off without a hitch and the continue the tra- tra- trajectory that Nick Saban's put Bama on the last 15 years. It's just not going to happen. Curry so, Smart could have been that guy. Yes, That's because, the only guy. And he he's familiar with that program, the defensive coordinator there. But, again, even he's not Nick Saban. And I know that Curry Smart has been beating Nick Saban lately. He, SEC championship game this year was different, obviously. But, right. again, the bar is set – as high as it can possibly be set. Yeah. Greatest coach in college football history. Mm-hmm. Now, who would have thought when Nick Saban 
left the Dolphins and came to Alabama. People thought, okay, yeah, he won a championship at LSU. He's a good football coach. Didn't work out in the NFL. But, you know, how much can he win at Bama? You're expected to win at Alabama. But nobody thought he would surpass Bear Bryant. Well, people were questioning, too, could you still win at Bama at that point in time? Because it wasn't looked at nearly the same way that it is right now. This was coming off of two very failed head coaching hires, really three if you count Mike Price. But you go from Franchione to Price for about what was that, uh, seventy-two hours or so? Yeah, yeah. And then they go to, at the strip club, yeah. Mike Price, and it didn't last very long. Then but, they yeah. go to Mike Shula Jr., and that was a train wreck. And it it was a job that he was in no way prepared to take, and Alabama really was in no way prepared to offer him that if not for the Mike Price stuff that happened. I always, you know, I kind of look at the Alabama job, and you're right, they were struggling. That Dennis Franchione team, if it weren't for Ronaldo Works, they played Oklahoma pretty pretty good. You know, yeah. Norman had a chance to win the game. Two the shovel shoot, passes. came through. Um, and then we know what happened with Mike Price, League of Washington State, and then, as you mentioned, Mike Shula. But I kind of look at Alabama the way I look at Oklahoma. You can yeah. go through a valley. Eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to start winning again. That's just the way oh, that yeah. program is. But – Nick Saban took that to another level. Somebody is saying on the text line, don't discount Ole Miss with all the guys they have coming back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we were talking about home games, though. Yeah, Ole Miss, Sooners, they'll be an underdog in that game. They'll be an underdog in Oxford unless uh, Ole Miss stumbles you know, before Oklahoma gets there. Here's the reality, though. The Sooners have a chance possibly to start 7-0. and Now, Jackson Arnold's going to have to play great. You know, we'll see if these newcomers on the offensive line, you know, like Spencer Brown and the kid from North Texas, Weiwu, uh, come through the defensive line. You know, we'll see, you know, what happens there. If some of the newcomers, the young guys can contribute. You expect David Stone, maybe Nigel Smith, guys like that. Certainly David Stone to do that. But you should start the non-con, obviously, 3-0. and No Tulane has been pretty good, but – then, uh, you know, you should beat Tennessee in your SEC opener. You go to Auburn. That's not going to be easy. Auburn, you know, Alabama took a minor miracle to win that game, you know, in the Iron Bowl. But keep in mind, Auburn also lost the previous week to New Mexico State by three touchdowns at home. Then, if you can go to uh, go to the Cotton Bowl and beat Texas, you know, you're 6-0, and and then you got South Carolina at home, you would be 7-0 and going to Ole Miss. Now, do I think that's going to happen? I think Oklahoma probably, you know, six and one through that stretch. But, you know, we'll see. Well, and we can't we also can't look past Tennessee either, right? I mean, yeah, they were back closer to the SEC pack than what they were the year before under Josh Heupel. But I'll tell you one thing. They absolutely is it it's Nico is how do you say his last Leah? I am a little yeah. Something like that. He's really good. There's they no doubt. absolutely love in the way they looked in the bowl game, they are big time believers in that kid. No doubt. You're you're gonna have to fight, scratch, and claw to win that football game. It'll be a heck of a football game. But the way I look at it, you're Oklahoma at home, you should put that in the win column. But again, yes, it's not gonna be easy by any means. So, um, you know, it's just gonna be a whole new world again next year with the SEC schedule. All right, four oh five, six five one, thirty four thirty nine. Do you want to uh, get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, first up, just saw the Casey Thompson interview and can't help being happy for him. Welcome home, Casey. Looking forward to seeing you 
and the Crimson Cream. That's from Brian and Cameron. Yeah, he's an impressive young man, and uh, you know things. The the timing wasn't right, you know, for him, and you know things just didn't quite work out for him to wind up at Oklahoma. But I think it's a cool story, and again, it's there. The COVID years are going to be going now, so you're never going to have an opportunity to have a kid like Jackson Arnold, as talented as he is with the chance to work with a seventh-year senior with a good head on his shoulders who's been in a lot of big games, you know, help mentor that kid in a backup role. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a uh, – I don't know if I want to say it's the odd couple, but in some ways it may be. But I think it's going to be a beneficial uh, relationship for Oklahoma in that quarterback room. What else, Drake? Uh, next up out of the 580, Steely, I read on the dark web the announcement for <laughs> Zach Alley took so long because – Uncle kidnapped him and took him to night trips, which resulted in a really? few days in the drunk tank after a run-in with the law. NIL dropped a bag to cover the story up. Mm, breaking mm. news right mm. there. How about that? Off of the dark web. It did take a while to get the Zach Alley official announcement, but we finally did get it. And uh, co-defensive coordinators, you've also got Jay Valai and Todd Bates. A lot of co-defensive coordinators, which is fine. Well, uh, Jay Valai's mm-hmm. title in general is about uh, 200 words. So I saw that, man. Uh, Plank was listing it off. I can't even remember every single one. There was assistant to the head coach. There was. I think there were like five of them. Right. There? Yes. It was unbelievable. Uh, Chapstick on the text line. Connect Meyer Chevrolet text line. We don't have a true quarterback coach. Thompson can fill that role easily. Yeah, you know, I like that. I Like I said, I just think it's a good insurance policy for OU. And I'm a believer that Michael Hawkins is an extremely talented man. He's going to be a guy who can run and throw. Um, I think he improved a lot as a passer last season in high school. I think he's got a great future at Oklahoma. You know, when you consider the succession that they have at quarterback with JFA to Michael Hawkins – to uh, Kevin Sperry, that looks really impressive. But again, um, you know, Casey Thompson, if in a backup role, if all of a sudden something bad happens to JFA, like I said in the, the Tennessee SEC opener, I would feel better about having a seventh-year senior like Casey Thompson in there than I would Michael Hawkins at this point. Even though I think that Michael Hawkins' ceiling eventually is much higher than Casey Thompson's, so. There you go. 405-651-3439. Ladies and gentlemen, get on out to Riverwind Casino today. Play with your wild card and get five times the entries for their big Friday night promotional drawing. Uh, Today and tomorrow, you get five times the entries by playing with your wild card. The 80K winnings resolutions giveaway drawings are on Friday nights. And again, get out there and win your share of 80K in cash and bonus play. They just announced a new show for the Showplace Theater. Ryan Bingham, April 19th. Ryan Bingham, April 19th at the Showplace Theater. Always something great to do at Riverwind. We had boys to men, Clay Walker over the weekend. Joe Coy is the next one on the docket. Had a rough night at the Golden Globes, but again, those are a bunch of stuck-up Hollywood pansies. Joe Coy, Saturday, January 27th. Riverwind Casino, we appreciate you very much. Get out and play with your wild card today. Get the extra entries 
for the 80K winning resolutions giveaway. Stay with us. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. We are back here on a Monday. Hope you're staying warm out there. This weather is ridiculous. The last I saw, I believe it was 9 degrees. Wait a minute. We're up to 13 degrees. How about that? The high today is going to be 16. 16 degrees. What is tomorrow's high, by the way? We're going to get up to 24. We're going to get to Joe Washington numbers coming up tomorrow. Then it goes up to 43 on Wednesday. Ridiculously cold is what it is. All right. Yesterday in the National Football League, the Dallas Cowboys disappointed big time. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But tonight we have the Philadelphia Eagles playing Baker and the Buccaneers. Again, Baker uh, struggled. It was an ugly game, and it was a victory that got the Buccaneers the NFC South title and the playoffs, of course. But this year he did throw for over 4,000 yards, career high, 28 touchdowns, career high, 64% completion percentage, did throw 10 picks. But for the most part, Baker played solid football. And, uh Of course, having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin helps, two really good receivers. Mike Evans will be a guy in Canton one day. But, uh, you know, I think Baker, for the most part, has played good, solid football. He was on with Rich Eisen talking about this matchup with Philly. Keep in mind, week three, Philly came to Tampa and beat the Buccaneers by two touchdowns in that game. But this Philly team obviously has had a lot of issues down the stretch. And we'll see, uh, you know, if either of these quarterbacks is going to be at 100% tonight with Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield. But this is Baker talking about round two with Philly and more with Rich Eisen. Just another opportunity for us. You know, we, we played them really early in the season uh, when we were still offensively trying to figure out who we were, right. not really knowing our identity scheme-wise, what we were going to be good at. And we've, we've improved a lot. Um, but it's still – they're still a great ball club. They still have the, the front that's one of the best in the league. So we gotta got to know how to attack, got to be aware of certain guys on the edge and up front um, and, and just take care of the ball. I, I think that's the biggest thing looking back on it. We didn't start fast against them and we didn't take care of the ball. And a, and a good team like that is going to take advantage of it. And, and what did it mean for you to quarterback a team that's made the playoffs this year? Um, just another opportunity for me to have fun playing football again was was a blessing in itself. But then to be able to come here and be surrounded by this locker room, it's a special group. And um, you know how I am. You know, nobody really gave us a chance at the beginning, but, you know, division champs again and got a chance in the playoffs. And so we've been improving at the right time of the year. And we just wanted a chance to get in to, to see what we can do in the playoffs. All right, Monday Night Football tonight, 715 ABC ESPN, Philadelphia and the Buccaneers. And then we have the uh, 3.30 game today on CBS with the Steelers at Buffalo. Did you see that clown on the uh, on X going around? Oh, the Buffalo's the weakest city ever. You know, talking about how they should play the game. Looking for attention. Another clout chaser, you know. Another egomaniac. And then I love the weather guy from Buffalo goes goes out there. He goes, dude, the game's actually about 12 miles away here in Orchard Park, and this is what it looked like. Right. It looked like a Siberian winter. Oh, yeah. No, so, it, it, it's because the thing that people – I've seen a lot of people complain about this, 
too, as far as them moving the game. And whenever they talked about moving the game possibly to Cleveland last week when that was being floated out there, is it also has to be safe for fans to go to the game as well. Like, people realize yeah, that, Yeah, and right? getting home from games, right. right. Getting Which, to or from the game. Right, I mean, and I think that was probably the biggest reason. Yeah. But, uh, you know, these cloud chasers just drive me crazy. Don't don't get me started again. Like, there's so many attention hounds out there. It's just ridiculous. Oh, there's, there's an infinite amount of them, Sealy. Once, oh, yeah. uh, once one goes away, another one pops up. Another Not two or change three. Either. Like a hydra head, basically. The meteor will take care of them eventually. Uh-huh. Because right now, the people who control the meteors are saying there are just too many idiots there. Have you guys been watching these people? Some of these guys think they're insiders. Let's launch within two and a half years, if this continues, is what they're saying, I think. All right. uh, By the way, are you bothered by all the Taylor Swift cutaways at these NFL games? I'm completely unaffected. Would you rather see a cutaway of Billy Bob, you know, not wearing a shirt, you know, right. or whatever, yeah. or Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift. Again, this is another thing that people are such followers that whatever, if somebody tweets this, oh, I'm jumping on that, you know, look, have there been maybe a few too many? I guarantee you back in the day, if all the Yankees games were televised and Marilyn Monroe was watching Joe DiMaggio, yeah. there would have been cutaways. Oh, yeah. All right? Absolutely. And I don't know. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan. I think she's pretty talented, but I'm, I don't listen to much of her music, but it just doesn't bother me that much. And Taylor Swift is ruling the NFL. Well, yeah. According it, to Tony Dungy, that's yeah. the dumbest take ever. That's, that's the thing is that he was saying, well, it's, it's steering football fans away from those games. Like, well, how many ratings-wise, it's not really reflecting yeah, that. Are you really a football fan if you're going to stop watching because of a Taylor Swift cutaway? Well, I can't take this anymore. Well, I love football, but you, my God, there are 10 Taylor Swift cutaways. Yeah. I mean, that is there. Ridiculous. There are people that will look for any reason to stop watching something. And are they really fans of it? Probably not. Probably not. If you're letting Taylor Swift keep you from watching an NFL game, from watching a Chiefs game, especially if you're a Chiefs fan, I could see a little bit more if you're a Chiefs fan and you're a little tired of it because you are seeing it week in, week mm-hmm. out. But even so, like yeah. to the point to where you want to stop watching the game. I'm not saying altogether. I'm jumping for joy saying, show me Taylor all the time. But, you know, to me, if that bothers you that much, I, I just don't get it. And I guarantee you she's bringing in a lot of people who would have never watched oh, yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs game yeah. probably than the ones who aren't watching. And the ones who aren't watching are probably lying and just looking again to get some clout on social media. Um, by the way, the Dallas Cowboys, oh, my God. Reminds me of a, a Megadeth song back in the day, Symphony of Destruction. I mean, you blinked and it was 27 to nothing. And you you – you really knew after the Dak, you know, the uh, the pick six, that this is over. I don't see the Cowboys having the heart to come back. Even CeeDee Lamb had a very bizarre first quarter yesterday. You know, and I love CeeDee. He's been a great player, big time. Arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL this year. But, man, Dak Prescott is a regular season quarterback. Well, the other, the, the other thing, too, that sticks out to me from that game last night. No defense? Well. Was Alex Grinch coordinating that defense? No. This is, this is, it's actually a little bit more of a compliment to the Packers. Is 
Are the Packers right again Jordan, on quarterback? It looks like it. Jordan Love looked big time, man. He looked great. He I, looked unbelievably I mean, great. if there's an organization that – I mean, obviously it's just the way that he played the last four or five games of the season than this first playoff game. But, man, if – if they're right again, how obnoxious <laughs> is that for NFL fans? I like know. all these NFL franchises that can't find a quarterback. Think about the Browns for so long. They think that they finally got their guy into Sean Watson. They play better without him down the stretch. And that was karma, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the but, way, who was the last Packers quarterback? I guess when you go back before Favre and then on to Rodgers, Don Mikowski. Oof. Back in the day. Oof. But Jordan Love looks like the real deal. By the way, Rex Ryan said this morning on ESPN, don't you blame this Cowboys debacle, though, completely on Dak Prescott. Don't you dare blame Dak Prescott for this game. What do you Brady. mean? No, the defense stunk. I don't care. How, Dak Prescott, I, and I get it. Dak only threw for 403 yards, rushed for 45 yards. It's Dak Prescott's fault. The hell it is. This defense stunk. And and that's that's you want to why they lose why they look like crap why they get out coach I don't know but point to the defense period why in the hell Uh-oh. out of fifty four snaps offensive snaps yeah. are you playing six plus DBs on forty eight of them when a team's running the ball down your throat yeah and the Cowboys started moving the football some and kind of got their hell? act together Uh-oh. but to me <laughs> I'm sorry that clip right there. <laughs> I have to play it one more time. Yeah. Why in the hell? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's pretty much the story of the Dallas-Green Bay game right there in one and a half seconds. But, yeah, the defense was horrific uh, as well. And the Cowboys continue to be a, uh, a, yeah, mis- it, it, a mystery wrapped in an enigma in a, inside a the, riddle. The defense, and that was the strong point, right? That was a strong point of that team. Well, and they got no pressure on Jordan yeah. Love, and I every mean, time Jordan Mike Love Parsons escaped the pressure. Mike Parsons might be the best player in the he NFL. Made, I he, mean. Made, he made great throws. Jordan Love looked big time. Packer yeah. fans got to be really excited. It looks like he struck gold again. We'll see. All right, break time right here. Let's get nothing but texts in our final segment. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135. We'll break down the Sooners' loss in Lawrence to Kansas and uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia on Wednesday at the LNC. They go to Cincinnati on Saturday and the Thunder at the Lakers tonight. You go right from Baker and the Buccaneers against Philadelphia into the Thunder against LeBron and company tonight at 9:30. Stay with us. Be right back here on the Ref, the home of Sooner fans, home for Sooner recruiting coverage, home of your Sooner game day voices, home of the best pre and post game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. Okay. Via Twitter, Steely, what's the latest on the portal? Well, let me remind you that all of our updates are brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction, 405-831-8222. Brent Swift will come personally look at your home. Uh, they have 25 years of experience with every job. They've renovated over 350 houses. Brent has a ton of experience and expertise. Swiftco Roofing and Construction, 405-831-8222 and BrentSwift.com. You could be a Swifty, by the way, and there's another kind of Swifty out there. 
So, uh, so anyway, uh, Zalance heard, have any heard anything official? The last word was apparently leaning heavily towards Tennessee. Uh, so for the Sooners, I think the other name would be Devin Baldwin, maybe to take a, a look at the kid from Jacksonville state. If that happens, uh, for the Sooners now, they have Casey Thompson, the quarterback who came in from FAU, Jake Roberts, tight end Baylor, Michael Tarquin, O-lineman USC, Caden Wooler, defensive end Miami of Ohio, Tyler Keltner, the kicker from Florida State, Jocelyn Malaska, the cornerback from Utah, Vebeki Nuewu, the uh, offensive lineman from North Texas, Bauer Sharp, tight end from Southeast Louisiana. Uh, then you have Sam Franklin, the running back from Tennessee Martin, Deion Burks, wideout from Purdue, Des Malone, cornerback from San Diego State, and offensive lineman Spencer Brown from Michigan State. Twelve additions for the Sooners. And keep in mind, the uh, the spring portal is won't be too far away, and I would expect Oklahoma would probably add a few more uh, during the spring portal. Okay, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Drake, what do we have? Uh, let's see. First off, uh, Gunny at Sussman Army says, hot take. I'm a bigger fan of McGriddles than I am uh, turkey bacon. That's a, that is a nod to the morning show uh, call signs there. Uh, I'm a McGriddle guy myself, too. Yeah, yeah. It's an excellent breakfast sandwich. It is. It's it's an excellent breakfast sandwich. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely I, I think delicious. It's number, I think it's number one. Uh, Number one as far as breakfast sandwiches for you? Uh, Well, if you're going to that... That establishment, that establishment, make a, yes. McDonald's, yeah, yeah, it's it's the Nick Saban of breakfast sandwiches. Absolutely. Uh, Jay in Tulsa, nobody complained about Jessica Simpson cutaways when uh, she was dating Tony Romo because there was no freaking social media attention seekers then. True that, I agree. You know, um, and Jessica Simpson was, you know, yeah, compared to the talent level of Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, but no comparison. But people, for the most part, I hate to say this, not you guys, but their followers. They do whatever is trendy. People are followers. So if it's the cool thing on social media to, I'm so sick of the NFL with these Taylor Swift shots every two seconds, nine million people, if they see that successful, are going to jump on the bandwagon because that's how they are. Old man yelling at cloud again, but when the old man yells at a cloud, I am 93% right. 93%. 93.4 to be exact. 93.4. Not to, not to get too in the uh, nitty-gritty of numbers there, though. Uh, out of the 715, uh, I'm not sure if this person is in Wisconsin or if they uh, are in Oklahoma from Wisconsin, but I don't know what's worse, watching the Cowboys last night or working outside today in minus 19-degree wind chills. Oh, my oh. gosh, dude. I watched uh, – we had a shut-in weekend. And uh, TJ, by the way, was detailing his weekend. We had pretty much the same weekend. I left house the house a couple times to go to the convenience store to get either coffee or smokeless tobacco. Don't do smokeless tobacco, kids. Don't you do it. Don't do it. I'm just telling you. But uh, – and then it was movies and sporting events. And chili and stew. TJ had the same weekend, except for they didn't throw the stew in. But that to me was, uh, it was a great weekend. But getting outdoors, oh my gosh. So anyway, I watched the uh, movie called 
The Society of Snow. Have you seen that on Netflix? Uh, I haven't seen it. I've seen the preview. The that's, rugby that's, team that's, yeah. from Uruguay. They, yeah. they cra- the plane crashed in the uh-huh. Andes, and they some of them lasted 71 days. Ugh. So I was thinking, man, it is so cold walking out to this car. This is ridiculous. No human should have to. Wait a minute. They lasted 71 days <laughs> in the Andes. It's really, uh, it's, it's a bit long, but it's a, it's a pretty inspirational story. Uh, inspire you not to go outside ever again whenever yeah, it's Yeah, that was the inspiration. That, that was it. Uh, Ohio Sooner says, I grew up in the snow belt of northwestern Ohio, uh, northeastern Ohio, where we routinely get a photo so similar to Buffalo. Trust me, it's not something you want to go out into. You can tell the clowns on social media who've never experienced a lake effect snowstorm. Yeah, this was a dude that was, you know... Just out there trying to get. I mean, it wasn't just lives. one guy, though. I mean, there were lots of people that were trying to call. Oh yeah, the city of Buffalo soft and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, really. But I love Buffalo, when the, New York. The, that's the one that the you're weather gonna... guy that finally went out there and said, "All right, you idiots. Here's they actually play first of all in Orchard Park, you morons," and um, it was good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, Joe in Tulsa says, I see Green Bay's success at quarterback based on not playing them right away. Roger sat three years and learned from Favre and didn't have the pressure of a rookie quarterback getting hit all day long. Favre sat for a year uh, and was traded from Atlanta. Teams mm-hmm. need to go back to this philosophy. Not everyone is a Peyton Manning. Brett Favre, I believe, was on that roster when uh, the Falcons were coached by Jerry Glanville. I think at the time. Remember Jerry Glanville? No. <laughs> Different character. Used to leave tickets for Elvis at every game. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. He was he was a different breed of cat. But, yeah, the Packers' uh, philosophy at QB has been pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's talk about the Sooners' loss at the fog over the weekend. By the way, Oklahoma dropping in the polls in the AP, the Sooners went from 9 to 15. In the coaches' poll, the Sooners went from 9 to 16. So 15 in AP, 16 in the coaches' poll. Next up for Oklahoma is a game with West Virginia. West Virginia has their players back now. Don't let that record fool you. Still will be a challenge for Oklahoma coming up Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. But again, 15 in the AP, 16 in the coaches' poll. All right, thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's keep them rolling in. We'll be right back. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Talking with the Drake today, Drake Dyken. Parker scheduled to be back tomorrow. We have uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about today. NFL playoffs, transfer portal with OU. We heard from Casey Thompson uh, with his uh, interview he did with Brandon Drum from OU Insider. 
in the first hour. Let's talk about Oklahoma, Kansas. The Sooners were only down one at the half, 38-37, outscored by KU. 49, uh, 40 to 29 in the second half. J.B. McCollum had 17 points, but he did have six turnovers. Milos uh, Uzan, 15 points, 12 for Otega Owe, six for Luke Norweather, two of three from three point range. I remember hearing Porter talking about him early in uh, in workouts, saying he was their best three point shooter, at least early on in practices. Hunter Dickinson is a man inside, 24 points, 14 boards, five blocks. Kevin McCullough living at the free throw line. Uh, scored 21 and uh, 15 points, 10 rebounds for K.J. Adams. Uh, talking about the calls at the Fog, Kansas shot 18 free throws, Oklahoma shot 17. Sooners, again, they only forced two turnovers, so they really couldn't get out in transition uh, and use their athleticism as much as they would have liked. And uh, Kansas wins the game 78-66. to Let's hear from Porter Moser with T. Rowe after the loss at the Fog over the weekend. Coach, what are your uh, thoughts on this one today? You know, I, I felt uh, just right out of the gate, the, the beginning of both halves, we, did, we didn't, you know, that we were so amped up to play the game, and I called a timeout, we got down. But, and then the last 16 minutes, we were the better team in the first half. I mean, we were, we were plus seven the last to go into half down one after we were down, I think, eight. And uh, you, you got to just, I mean, it's, you got to be tough on tough against K.J. Adams and Hunter Dickerson. They got an elite point guard that gets you in that pick and roll. They throw it, you know. And, uh, you know, I thought I thought Harris was outstanding. Eight assists, zero turnovers. Um, you know, McCullough had, uh, you know, he had 21 points on 12 shots. Um, I think the first half, K.J. Adams, you know, he had, I think he. He had all 15 in the first half. all 15 in the first half. And um, so different guys stepped up, those big four that they got. You know, Adams, Dickerson, Harris, and, and uh, McCullough came through. Um, and we couldn't get stops. I thought in the second half we we couldn't get any stops um, and uh, couldn't run. There you go. Sooners next in action Wednesday night at home against West Virginia, 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Saturday they go to Cincinnati. That's a noon tip on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, over the weekend, TCU beat Houston at home, uh, 68-67. TCU on their home floor. Baylor survived Cincinnati and Waco 62-59. BYU did win on the road at UCF 63-58. West Virginia at home took down Texas 76-73. Mountaineers again at the LNC Wednesday night. Iowa State beat the Cowboys 66-42. Man, it's been a rough year for the Cowboys. 42 points. Mm. Uh, Texas Tech at home in Lubbock took down K-State 60-59. So two 3-0 teams, Baylor and Texas Tech, you have four two and one teams: Kansas, TCU, Iowa State, K State at one and two. The Sooners, Houston, West Virginia, Texas, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF, and one team at zero and three, and that would be the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, you were at uh, the Fog on Saturday, right? Was that your first trip? Yeah, that was my first ever trip to Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And... It was. It was. I mean, the atmosphere is unrivaled by any basketball game that i mean it's on par with about any other kind of major football atmosphere i've been to i'll say that did you feel the history when you stepped in oh yeah i mean if you could feel like it it, toby had told me this like you'll walk in and you'll get the sense that you're walking amongst ghosts and that's basically what it felt like is there is so much history that's seeped in this building it's unreal it's it's such an unique facility like planking 
uh, Josh, I think we're talking about. Like, it basically just looks like a old farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And that's basically yeah. what it is, is an old farmhouse. And, I, I mean, they pack it to the brim. It was – the they have two student sections, one behind each goal. Imagine that, ha- having – Two big enough student sections they can put one behind each of the goals. It was incredible. As far as how OU played, I mean, you heard Porter Moser talk about it. More than anything, this could not make life difficult for Kansas offensively. They couldn't force them into any turnovers. And if you're not going to make it difficult for them to get the ball to uh, Hutchinson and to K.J. Adams, then you're going to have a lot of problems. Dickinson is tough to stop Dickinson. down there. Man. Why did I say he's Hutchinson? down low on the block. Hutchinson? Down low on the block, yeah. he's he's a monster. Yeah. So Dickinson, yes. Anyway, uh, Kansas wins the game, and again, we'll see if the Sooners bounce back. They should be able to. What, what you need to do is hold your home floor. Hold your home floor. Yeah, I think yeah. you even finish. Uh, what would it be? Uh, what are we dealing with? Sixteen teams now in the Big Twelve. Is it sixteen right now? In the uh, yes, 16, yes. So you finish. Or no, 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 14. 14 it's 14 right now. But you play how many league games? I'm trying to remember. Because you don't play everybody twice anymore. So it used to be you had 16 I, is it, games, is right? Is it maybe 20 games? It may be 20. I'm losing my mind. But the bottom line is hold your home floor and get get one on the road. I you mean, know? who am I? I was calling uh, Hunter Dickinson uh, Hutchinson just now. So what do I know? So. You you need to again you you may lose to uh, you may lose to a, a Baylor or you know a TCU or yeah. Houston at Kansas one of the really good teams um, you know but the Sooners the first three games they played man they played two really good teams on the road and they kind of hung in there but they didn't do enough in the second half they kind of ran out of steam but the bottom line is this protect your home floor and then go get a win or two on the road and you'll be fine. So uh, Oklahoma, again, 15 in the polls uh, in the AP, 15 in AP, 16 in the UPI poll released a little over an hour ago. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I've been to the Fog, two other arenas that I'd like to see. Uh, Haven't been to Cameron Indoor Stadium. I'd like to see, you know, a game there would be cool. And I would like to go to Assembly Hall in Indiana. Looks like a very unique setting there as well. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's hit up the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Hour number two presented by Oklahoma Generator. OKGen.com online, or you can call 321-6631. That's 405-321-6631. They're family-owned and operated. They're also the highest-rated, longest-operating Generac dealer in the state. At Oklahoma Generator, okgen.com, 405-321-6631. By my count, 17 more conference games for OU the rest of the way. So, so, so it so is 20. 20. Okay, yeah. 20. So if you go 9 and 11, you know, that would get you in. Maybe even 8 and 12 in this conference. Yeah, possibly. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is Oklahoma's improved. They're, they're very much improved, but they're still playing in the toughest conference in the, in the country. Okay, let's get to the text line. Uh, K-Dub in the 918 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Given next year's schedule is more likely, is it more likely that OU goes 10-2 and two or 7-5? and five? I think it's going to be a struggle, to be honest. New OC, new DC, 
new quarterback combined with a harder schedule week after week, people will see why stars matter so much. You know, so much depends on the development of Jackson Arnold. Yeah. I would lean a little more closer to 10 and 2 than 7 and 5, but like I said, it's a whole new world, man. It is a whole new world uh beginning next season. You win all your home games and that would include, you know, the SEC matchups with Tennessee to start the home schedule in the conference, South Carolina, middle of October and then Alabama, you know, right around Thanksgiving. Uh, you win all of your home games, that's seven. But, you know, the road games at Auburn, Texas neutral side, you have to go to Oxford. Uh, you know, there'll be an underdog in that one. The Auburn line, I think Oklahoma would probably be a slight favorite, particularly if they start out the season 4-0, they'd be even a bigger favorite. Uh, and then going to Columbia, unfortunately, the Mid-Zoo program right now is rolling. They got a lot of guys coming back. And, uh, you know, you go to Columbia to – play one of the better Missouri teams they've had in a while. So they've got a lot of momentum right now. And then you have to go to that crazy Cajun Baton Rouge experience to close out the regular season. But I, I would lean a little bit more closely to 10-2 and two than 7-5. and five. Yeah, I would – it's hard for me to I, – I mean, it's hard for me to commit to 7-5 and five just because – of the strides that you did see this season. And really, I mean, OU had a great opportunity to go undefeated in the regular season this year, and they just didn't. They they lost to two teams that they should not have, and I realize the SEC is going to be more difficult, but we've also talked about how it is also going to be much simpler moving forward without Nick Saban there as well. That and I think that Oklahoma will be more locked in in some of these games. Well, and, and then I, maybe some of the other Big Twelve games that they got a little bit. Tired you give of Jackson Arnold a full off season to be the guy to get comfortable with the system. To I, I think that they'll just be in a better place this next year. I, I, I mean, how big of a disappointment will it be if this team does go seven and five next year? It'll be a disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. But. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking uh, I, I would go a little closer. Like I said, I would I would probably go nine and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in my opinion, and there are a lot of swing games in there. The you know we'll have to wait and see. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine would have been in the playoff without the turnovers. Yeah, they, they had a great chance, but let's not remember they also fooled around and nearly lost to UCF. Right, flirted around with SMU for a while. Um, you know, the six turnovers, clearly, if you have a couple less turnovers, you win, and they should have won that Alamo Bowl game uh, against a good Arizona team. Yeah. I think that is a good Arizona team, even though Jed Fish decided Washington wow. was a better job. So uh, it'll be interesting. Okay, 405-651-3439. Our man Doug Miles has still 18 games in the conference schedule. Okay, I might have miscounted. I thought I counted 17 earlier, but like I said. What else did he say real quick? Uh, Sooners need to need to sweep their home games, get a couple of road wins, such as OSU and UCF. Yeah, yes, that's, that's, that's always got to be the bottom yeah. uh, rung of the conference, even though UCF beat Kansas mm-hmm. at home, clearly. Kansas had a 16-point lead in the first half of that game. Bedlam, no matter how bad Oklahoma State is, still going to be very tough. But I don't think... Personally, I don't think the Sooners can sweep at home. 
but leave that to like one, one loss, two tops, and then um, you know, like you said, Doug, you've got to take care of business in a couple of road games against teams that you're better than. So there you go. Okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. That's four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Let's go ahead and uh, get to as many texts as we can in the next segment. We have Jesse Crittenden joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up at one thirty five. Parker will be back with us tomorrow, right here on Steelman and Thune. Today you have the Drake Drake Dyken with us. Stay with us. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. There you go. Really bring back some muddy waters. Very nice. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Again, hour number two presented by Oklahoma Generator, 405-321-6631. Check them out online, okgen.com. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Let's get to as many texts as we can. Jesse Crittenden coming up in the next segment talking what else? little uh, OU hoops and Sooner football. Uh, out of the 615, uh, seems like PV and Biedenboe are content to see what's available at offensive line after the second signing period. They cannot strike out, or we simply won't have the competitive depth needed to even make a 12-team playoff run. Yeah, I, I wouldn't surprise me to see a couple more guys coming into the spring portal. So, we'll see. And, uh, again, what you've got in this cycle, you got Spencer Brown from Michigan State, Michael Tarquin from USC, and Fabechi Weiwu from North Texas. So, and then we'll see what happens with some of the young O-linemen. Maybe there's a Caden Green. Uh, wait, I'm not saying that word. Maybe there's a CG out there. Um, you know, who knows? We'll see. But, yeah, I, I I still think they probably would like to get a couple more guys in. All right, 405-651-3439. Uh, OU Architect on the Knippenmeyer Chevrolet text line. I lived in Moscow, Russia twice in my career, and this weather is nothing. Uh, Wait well, a minute now. Yeah. Don't be story topper, OU right. architect. Yeah. Jeez, he's basically calling us wimps. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, OU architect. But no, hey, thank goodness for the Russian winter in Stalingrad, or we might be under Nazi rule right now, right? Yeah. The Russian winter stopped. Hitler's march well, in Stalingrad. The the old uh, Russian adage to the two greatest generals in Russian history are uh, General Snow and General Mud. Mm, so that's true. <laughs> uh, Sooner Stu on the text line says, "Stewart here, Steely. If Taylor wore a black striped sweater at a KC game, guess what the hot seller would be? Well, hmm. black striped sweater, I guess." Is there is there a joke in there that I'm I missing? Know. I don't know. I, I guess he's talking about the follower thing that you. Had. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I get you. I thought there was like a punchline, but yeah, n- no doubt. And look, I, I'm not saying everybody should really like Taylor Swift. I just all of these tweets about how she's ruined football and I can't watch. I mean, if if you can't, if you're a football fan, you're watching anyway. All right, I understand it's celebrity worship wears on some people but like i said if there were as many cameras 
back when Joe DiMaggio was playing for the Yankees and Marilyn Monroe was there, they would have had the same amount of cutaways. Um, so, anyway, like I said, I would rather see Taylor Swift doing something stupid. With Br- Look, Brittany Mahomes gets on my nerves, too. But I would rather see them doing some stupid celebration yep. than Billy Bob shirtless, you know, with a Chiefs logo. Right. Um, let's see. By the way, Doug in T-Town said, I am young and uh, you guys are sheep. So, uh, what does that mean? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Big Rich in OKC on the text line would have been, uh, we already read that one, would have been in the playoffs without uh, all the turnovers. Um, out of the 405, I would guess that the Vegas over-under for OU's wins is 8.5 next year. That sounds like a pretty good number. Seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Did new defensive coach miss out on a bigger paycheck at Alabama out of the 918? Uh I don't think that's the case. Was that the rumor that was floating around by people? I didn't see that, maybe, but I don't do message boards. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll ask Jess if he knows anything. I, I, I don't talking know. talking about I, Zach Alley? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that yeah. timeline matches up because... Wait a minute. Did the... Okay, yeah. New all, defensive coach. Yeah, I, I I haven't heard anything about that. What's the latest on Heard? The latest that we heard on Heard. Here's what's heard on Heard. Uh, it looks like Tennessee, but nothing official yet. So we'll see. Maybe Ole Miss. You know, maybe they're reaching into that vault of theirs where they apparently got a bunch of money. But Tennessee has some too. Let's see. Uh, it says in the Big 12, everyone plays five teams home and away, four teams only at home, and four teams only away. Yeah. So that makes, so that's 18. Yeah. So, again, protect your home floor. You'll yeah. probably, my guess is they'll lose one at home, maybe two at home. But you've got to go beat UCF. You've well, got to go beat like an Oklahoma State or – Somebody that's not very good. That also means that the numbers are – I guess I just need to go in uh, – because I was going off my calendar earlier and when I got 17, I guess I need to go back and uh, look at just the schedule itself as far as – because Doug had 18 more games. I had 17 more games. According to this, there would only be 15 more games. So – Don't look at me. <laughs> I got a 60-year-old brain here. You're looking at me like, can you help? Uh, I'm like, hell no. I'll just pull up the schedule here in just a sec. Uh, KNBA says, I don't see a game that is not winnable. Conversely, I see a few that are losable. It'll be a fun season, that's for sure. I'm thinking 10 or 2 or 11 and 1. Not scared of the quote-unquote almighty SEC. Yeah, run the table at home. Uh, You're Oklahoma. You should be able to go to Auburn and win. Old Miss. Um, Missouri and LSU, you win one of those three, then, um, you know, uh, which game is the toughest now? Is it LSU on the road at the end of the year? I mean, it's going to be the toughest environment without question. I mean, Ole Miss and Missouri aren't going to be easy either. No. I would probably just because of the environment lean towards LSU, but also you're going to have a fresh quarterback there too. Yeah, that's true. No more Mr. Daniels. So. Ole Miss is uh, – this could be a breakout year for Ole Miss. So, and that's – look, it's going to be tough. 
going to be really tough. But, again, you're Oklahoma, and you take a backseat to only Alabama tradition-wise in that conference. And I know people, well, nobody cares about tradition anymore and, you know, this and that. Okay. But I'm just telling you, historically, and because of Saban's run, Oklahoma and Alabama were pretty much neck and neck, and you could make an argument before Saban's run that Oklahoma, you know, remember like we talked about on Friday. Before Nick Saban got there, Alabama didn't have a single Heisman Trophy winner, and now they have four. So other than that, and look, George is red hot. Kirby Smart's done a great job. We know that LSU and Tennessee, they've got really good histories, no doubt about it. There are some teams that have history in that that conference for sure. But the only historically great program that's ahead of Oklahoma in that conference, again, from an overall standpoint, is Alabama. Now, Georgia right now, yes. But you know what I'm saying. You're Oklahoma. You shouldn't be, you know, oh, my gosh, the SEC. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of anybody going into the SEC. I mean, uh, and now you can, we've talked about it, you could even list Bama in that category because it's it's not the next save in Alabama anymore. They could still be a top-tier program. They probably will be until proven otherwise, but when you don't have the, the Hannibal Lecter there anymore, mm-hmm. it's completely different. Uh, 15 games, by the way. And, yes, uh, Douglas Miles, he said that he was counting the three games that they played already. Uh, so, okay. uh, and I must have uh, – I've got both the women's and the men's games on my calendar on my phone, so I must have counted a couple of women's games. There you it, hey, so. we operate with no excuses. That's all right. right. So, uh, anyway, let's take a break right here, 405-651-3439. What's that one from the 918 real quick? We can read that going into break. Uh, one has a new uh, – Oklahoma – was labeled as Team A and people just – okay. Wait a minute. I'm trying to get that. All right. Uh, I may have if to If Oklahoma decide. was labeled a Team A and people just uh, that Team A. Okay. So if it was – you're listing off all these things and it's yeah. just Team A and not Oklahoma. New quarterback, new offensive line in many ways, lost your best wide receiver, a defense with six, eight starters coming back that was ranked 60th overall – Tough schedule. Would people be picking ten and two just because it's Oklahoma? They pick ten and two. No, I I agree with that. There's a lot for the the, the Sooners going to have questions that they need to answer, uh, no doubt about it. But I think they'll be able to answer some of those questions, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see how it plays out. Okay, but you know he's right. If that was the situation at Texas, people would be going seven and five at best. You know. All right, we'll break right here. We do have Jesse Crittenden joining us via the Riverwind Casino hotline when we get back. Keep it here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Mike Steely and Drake Dyken with you. Parker will be back tomorrow right here on the Home of Sooner Fans on a Monday. We are up to uh, 16 degrees. Again, we're at 16 degrees. How about that? Feels good. Not really. Jesse Crittenden joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Monday afternoon. And, uh, Jesse, let's start in uh, 
Lawrence, Kansas over the weekend. The Sooners only down one at the half at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, but outscored by 11 in the second half. What was your take on the Sooners' effort in Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, I thought for them to, to start as poorly as they did in that first half and to battle back and, and not only make it a competitive game, and, and they led for some of that first half, but, it, you know, it was an Otega-Owe layup two minutes into the second half. They're, they're sitting with a two-point lead, but, you know, Kansas immediately responds with a 6-0 run and then kind of never looked back. And, and you know, Allen Fieldhouse is one of those places that, you know, you, you really can't afford to lose momentum because things just start to snowball. And that's kind of what I thought, you know, with Oklahoma. Turnovers, again, were an issue, uh, just like they were against TCU. I mean, they were outscored 11-2 to in points off turnovers. I think outside shooting is going to be something to, to continue to monitor for OU. I mean, they were 6-20 from the three-point line, only shot 40% uh, as a team. And then you also have to give Kansas credit. I mean, they only committed two turnovers. That, that was a new... Uh, program record for them for fewest turnovers in a game. And, and a lot of that's Kansas. And also, you know, this OU team is kind of predicated on on forcing turnovers, getting out in transition, getting easy layups, easy buckets. That didn't really happen. Kansas did a good job of, of limiting OU in transition, limiting OU at the paint. In the paint, they only had 26 points in the paint. So you, you don't want to overreact too much, you know, to, to losing an Allen Fieldhouse against the Kansas team that was also coming off of a loss. Um, but, you know, heading into this week, you know, the OU, OU needs to get a couple of wins under their belt. Can't, can't afford to let this snowball after a couple of tough losses. Yeah, West Virginia at home on Wednesday and at Cincinnati for a noon game on ESPN Plus coming up Saturday. West Virginia at 7 o'clock Wednesday night at the LNC. So the Sooners dropped to 15 six spots in the AP poll this week. They dropped seven spots to number 16 in the coaches poll this week. Uh, you've been to the fog before, right? Yeah, this, that was my second time. I, I, I was there on Saturday, my, my second time ever. And you, the experience is, for you, what, out of 10? Well, uh, it, was, uh, it was particularly cold <laughs> this time around, and uh, I had a little bit of car trouble getting to Lawrence. But, uh, no, it's incredible. I mean, everything anybody's ever heard about Allen Fieldhouse, it's true. I mean, it's, it, it makes – I mean, it, it's the pinnacle of college basketball. It's, it's the feel. It's, it's the fans. It's the energy. It's, it's, I mean, it, they get so loud in there. They're so passionate um, about, about basketball. I mean, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better environment, not only just in college basketball, but I think in college sports in general. I mean, I really made the trip mostly because, you know, when's OU going to play there again? And, mm-hmm. and I think as exciting as the SEC move is and OU is going to create – a lot more, you know, memories, and they're going to experience new things, and fans are going to get to see new stuff and, and all that. That's going to be great. But I do think not playing in Allen Fieldhouse anymore is um, – that, that is unfortunately a, a, a negative to, to moving out of the Big 12 because Allen Fieldhouse truly is incredible. It's, it's a storied venue, and I, I would recommend anybody try to experience a game there uh, at least once. It's, it's, it's a great atmosphere, great environment. Jesse Crittenden with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, we were talking about this. How, how does OU's schedule change next season, considering Nick Saban's not going to be at Alabama? Clearly, Kalen DeBoer is now. We know that. A uh, lot of defections, a lot of guys moving on at Texas. I know they got Isaiah Bond, the wide receiver from Alabama's, headed to Texas now, but they lose Xavier Worthy and they lose A.D. Mitchell and – Jatavion Sanders and, you know, Jordan Weddington. 
Quinn Ewers is coming back, but does that affect the way you look at the OU schedule right now? And keep in mind, we still got players that at Bama that are going to take some time to see how that roster sorts itself out, where these players go. Players from Washington and Arizona now. Uh, it's going to be crazy. But do you think a little bit differently about OU's schedule now? I do, at least a little bit. I, I don't know how you couldn't. I mean, I think heading you know a few weeks ago, once we learned – exactly what the schedule is going to look like. I mean, I think if you're an OU fan, you're looking at it like, man, ending the season against Bama and then LSU, I mean, that, that's a that's a heck of a two-game stretch to end the season. And, yeah, I think Alabama with Nick Saban, it just feels like a giant, right? I mean, that just feels like a huge task even at home. And, yeah, not. I mean, it's not only just the players leaving, but I think with Saban gone, it not only, you know, increases the chances that this isn't quite the same Bama team next year that we've seen over the last nearly two decades, but I also think maybe some of the prestige of that matchup, you know, dissipates even a little bit. They're still going to be a good team. They're not going to fall apart all at once. But it, I think it does take away some of, you know, maybe the nervousness that some fans had or maybe even some of the excitement that some fans had. And then, yeah, you mentioned it. I, I mean, I think – with the transfer portal, I mean, we've talked so much about the change and, and everything that it's it's done, you know, in college football. But I think it really shows that you can't you can't assume anything, you can't predict anything. Most teams' <laughs> rosters, right. from one team to the next, can change so much. And I think you're going to see that with yeah, with a team like Texas. I think there are other teams uh, on the schedule that it, I mean, we haven't even gotten to spring football yet. There's going to be another transfer portal window open up. So. Uh, it's still going to be a hard schedule. It's still going to be one of the toughest schedules in the country. But I, I do think you have to look at it at least a little bit differently. All right. Uh, your guy, Brandon Drum, had Casey Thompson with an interview on OU Insider. Have any takeaways from what uh, Casey had to say about finally uh, getting back to this area and, and finishing out his collegiate career at OU? Yeah, I think Casey Thompson is, I mean, obviously the, the Oklahoma connection. Um, are are really great, but I also think he always kind of wanted to end up at Oklahoma, and that didn't work out with the previous staff. And then you know he's gone through a heck of a journey, uh, you know, a cultural ball journey that's taken him to different places. But I think it's it's just a really cool story with the roots he has here in the state, um, everything he's kind of had to battle through his college football career, but also from a from an OU football perspective, not only getting. Uh, you know, a kid with OU ties, but he's an experienced backup quarterback um, to come in and, and really, you know, not only help Jackson Arnold, but really help that quarterback depth. So I think it's pretty cool, I think, you know, to see him feel, you know, really, you know, connected and, and really excited and, and humbled by the opportunity. But this is a big get for OU. I mean, I think it's easy to forget the backup quarterback spot until you need it. And OU has experienced that a couple times the last two years. So, I think it's it's just a really cool story. I think in some ways he, he feels that he's getting to OU about seven years too late, but uh, better late than never, I think, for someone like him. All right. Uh, if you had to put a Vegas over and under on Sooner win totals for the fall, what would you put that number at? That's a good question. Um, I would. I think. I think nine and a half. Really? Is, hmm. uh, yeah, I think nine and a half is a good number. Um, you know, with, with OU winning 10 games this past year, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be really tough uh, in the SEC. It is going to be one of the toughest schedules 
in the country. But, I mean, like we just mentioned, I think Alabama's going to be a different team. I think there's other stuff that we need to see shake out. Um, could Texas be a little bit of a different team? Um, but also, I mean, OU has so many returning you know, players, particularly defensively. Um, that, I mean, I think nine and a half is good. I think it's right on that borderline. I mean, I think to me, if you told me they won eight or nine games next year, that, that wouldn't shock me. If you told me they won ten games next year, that, that wouldn't shock me with, with some of the continuity. I, I think that's so hard. it's so hard to predict what next year is going to look like not only for OU, but the college football landscape. But I don't know. I think nine and a half seems like a good number. There you go. By the way, it is official, if you haven't seen it, that Caleb Williams is entering the NFL draft. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So there you go. Caleb Williams, again, officially entering the NFL draft. Today was the final day for underclassmen to make their uh, declarations, and Caleb Williams did that. Hey, Jesse, we appreciate you. Talk to you again soon. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesse Crittenden, OU Insider, joining us here on Steelman and Thune on this Monday. All right, let's take a break, come back. Some final text we will get to when we get back. And again, thunder at the Lakers tonight. Not only do you have uh, the Steelers and the Bills kicking off here in a little over 90 minutes in Buffalo, 3.30 on CBS, Eagles at Tampa Bay Monday Night Football, wild card matchup tonight, and then late... 9.30 tip, Thunder at the Lakers. We shall return. Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up, because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KREF Podcast page. All right, get on out to Riverwind Casino today. Use your wild card on Monday and Tuesday for every five points in your wild card. You're going to get five times the entries for the big drawings uh, that happen on weekends at Riverwind. And we are talking about the 80K winning resolutions giveaway happening Friday nights. Again, get out there when you share 80K and cash and bonus play on Fridays and enhance your chances of hearing your name called by playing with your wild card today and tomorrow for five times entries. You can also win a trip to the Super Bowl in Vegas in the first down in Neon Town promotion. Now through January 18th, the top five patrons are on the most points on their Riverwind wild cards. You need to get the cool Oklahoma City Thunder wild card edition as well. You're going to win a trip to the 2024 Super Bowl in Vegas. Five patrons will win these trips. Game tickets, airfare, hotel, ground transportation, plus $1,000 in cash. Great prizes. Have fun in Vegas. Go see the big game, the Super Bowl in Vegas. Again, play with your wild card. Play on specific gaming machines. They'll point them out to you at Riverwind in the first down in Neon Town promotion. They also announced a new show at the Showplace Theater, coming to the Showplace Theater, April 19th, Ryan Bingham. Yes, from the series Yellowstone. You know, the singing cowboy from Yellowstone. Ryan Bingham will be at the Showplace Theater. Get your tickets online at riverwind.com or at the casino box office. Riverwind, nearly 3,000 electronic games. Best selection of uh, electronic games, all your favorite table games. They've got the best bars and dining options. World-class hotel, great poker room, great promotions. And, again, that's another reason why Riverwind Casino is the best casino experience in the metro area. All right, let's get to as many texts as we can. We're going to get locked in. Uh, 
Tyler's going to be coming in at the top of the hour. 405-651-3439. Ken Implemeyer, Chevrolet, tax line. Uh, first up, Glenn from Nashville. He just asked the question, a breakout year for Ole Miss with quarterback Jackson Dart? That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying, you know, that it could be, you know. I, I'm Which, not a huge Jackson Dart guy either, but, hey, did beat out Spencer Sanders, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, Ole Miss, uh, they've got some momentum right now. Well, and they, they ended the regular season at, what was it, 11th nationally, 10th nationally? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they went to January 6th ball, or January 6th, big six, uh, New Year's Day bowl. Um, I, I don't – it. I guess who would you think is more likely to have the breakout year? Because these are the two sexy picks that I've seen a lot of. Mizzou or Ole Miss? Who do you think is more likely? Um, I'd have to look at both schedules, both schedules. again. Yeah. But they both got a lot of returnees. Missouri, okay, so they have Murray State, Buffalo, and BC at home. They have Vanderbilt at home. They go have to go to A&M. They have to go to UMass. In the conference, they go to A&M. They go to Alabama. They go to South Carolina, Mississippi State. Um, let me see if I can This is that. Mizzou? Yeah, that's Missouri. Ole Miss – has in conference, they have to go to South Carolina, LSU, Arkansas. At home, they also have to go to Florida. At home, they have uh, Kentucky, OU, Georgia, and Mississippi State. I don't know, man. It's it's a pretty close call, you know. I, I just hope that Missouri implodes. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. I mean, what implodes wants. because those fans, again, are walking around like they've won something. They've never won anything. Anything. And they beat Ohio State's junior varsity in the bowl game. That's right. So there you go. And people don't forget that. Um, let's see. Out of the 405, you want an afternoon game at LSU next year. LSU's record uh, oh, for yeah. home night games is ridiculous. Well, and it literally that, is night and day. Well, you know, yeah, because and, the, the the more that those Cajun hillbillies get liquored up, the worse they get, and the harder it gets to win. But yeah, uh, a rooster at LSU would be very nice. That's is that the one uh, rooster that you actually want on that, the schedule? That's a rooster that I would like. That's to the see. one that you actually go and pray for. Um, let's see. Our schedule in twenty twenty four is harder. Then it looks um, our opponent's games the week before they play us. Uh, Tennessee gets Kent State the week before us. Auburn gets Arkansas. Texas has a bye. South Carolina has uh, Bama. Ole Miss has a bye. Mizzou has a bye. Bama has Mercer. LSU has Vandy. Wow. It's a lot of buys. Yeah, yeah. Lots of virtual buys with. Uh, teams like Vandy and Mercer and Kent State. I there. was looking at eight and four until Saban left, and I'm leaning towards nine and three now. Now again, I understand, man. You play like Oklahoma did on the road last year and keep shooting yourself in the foot with all these ridiculous turnovers and some questionable offensive play calls, and then you're not, you know, if they play like that on the road, they're going to be like six and six. They've got to get better on the road. Uh, and there were so many games again, where Oklahoma's they talk about Oklahoma beat Oklahoma. You got to clean that up. I understand you're not going to play a clean game ever, uh, 
but you got to play a lot cleaner and a lot better uh, on the road. This Oklahoma team, and again, a lot of it was coming off uh, six and seven. Those Switzer teams, man, they had an attitude on the road. They were coming in to kick your ass. They had an attitude that they were going to win the game, whether they went to Columbus or Lincoln or the Coliseum, wherever they went. They had an attitude that they were coming to beat you. This team, a lot of that comes with more winning. I get it, but um, we'll see. But they do have to be a better road team for sure. What is the uh, this out of the nine one eight on the Kitmire Chevrolet text line? What is the status of Javante Barnes? Is he healthy? Will he compete uh, to make the two deep this spring or in August? I mean, that's very much up in the air. He's a good back when he's been healthy. Clearly, the foot injury didn't progress like we thought it would. Uh, Sawchuck clearly became the uh, the dominant back. Tommy Walker was was you know in the mix, and and obviously then he got in a little bit of trouble up, you know, with the coaching staff. But uh, I don't know. Javante Barnes' season was a mystery, wasn't it? Because it really was a non-factor. So we'll see. I, you know, I'd I'd like to venture a guess. All I know is when he's when he was healthy, you know. Over a year ago, he was yeah. a pretty good back. So yeah. we'll it, it, sometimes the biggest obstacle that you have to overcome whenever you come back from an injury is just mental. the mental part of it. And I, yeah. I almost wonder if that was the biggest aspect of it. Taylor Tatum, by the way, coming in. So, you know, yeah. Xavier Robinson coming in, too. Taylor Tatum, the only thing is going to be playing baseball, so he won't be an early enrollee. But they've got some – Got some backs coming in, and don't forget Samuel Franklin, Sam Franklin from Tennessee Martin they like. So we'll see. But Barnes' season, yeah, was disappointing last year, and who knows how much of that was mental because of the injury. All right, got to get out of here, make way for Tyler and uh, locked in. Drake, enjoyed it. And uh, Parker will be back tomorrow. Thanks to Oklahoma Generator. Appreciate you sponsoring hour number two. Everybody have a really good rest of your Monday, and try and stay warm.